hello and welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend, which is, of course, the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. This show is sponsored by Betfair. It's myself, Ali Maxwell, and my great friend, George Ellick, back together again to make betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend. Do you think there's been like a collective groan there from the masses as they've realised that Goffey is no longer here, given all the really lovely messages we got about his... his uh, <laughs> taking part in, in the pod over the last couple of weeks, where people have got the pod up, they're like, yes, let's listen to what Goffy's got. Oh, no, it's these two clowns again. Goff's gone. Get used to it. But a big thank you to, to Nick, who's such good value on such good form all three weeks and absolutely stitched me up with you last week, revealing that <laughs> I had not pressed record on the recording two weeks ago. He was a great sport about that. Great to have him on the pod. Hopefully we can get him back. We're here to make betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend. That means that this podcast, A, is very strictly for over 18s. And if you're thinking of placing a bet this weekend or any time, make sure that you're aware of the risks. Be Gamble Aware is is probably the best place to go to make sure that you're aware of of, uh, the risks that come with gambling. Uh, Last week, you were on with Goffey and you had a bit of a weird one in that it was two winners, two losers and a void. But the two losers were your nap and your next best and your two winners were your lay and your goals pick at four to five. Ellis Harrison gave him the big one, wasn't even in the squad. And then the other striker scored. Mm, Shamblick. That's pretty annoying. Uh, and also the nap and the next best were both one nil up and both drew one all. For Goffey and I to get a double nap up at nine to four would have been exciting. Bradley Johnson, the player that I've probably been most critical of in League One this season, just rubbing in my face really, didn't he? Fair play. That's a tough scene. Why don't we start with your best bet of the weekend? What's your nap? My nap is, yeah, it's a big price nap again. Um, now that the, it's a bit like Lee Clark's Huddersfield side, you know, now that the the um, unbeaten nap run is over, I, I can stop playing so safe. You know, I can I can really stretch the shoulders and, and see what I can what I can bag. And Tranmere at nine to four is my I think selection. you should always stretch your shoulders. Stretch your shoulders. I, I don't think. What does stre- that even mean? <laughs> I don't think stretching your shoulders should be something that you only do in specific situations. I think it'd oh be my God. a healthy approach to do that every morning. Stretch your shoulders. <laughs> That's so weird. Uh, who's the person who hasn't had much sleep recently? Yeah, I. I'm, I'm kind of surprised by this because having had such a good start to the season, um, Grimsby are in, are in free fall, really, aren't they? Uh, they have picked up two points from their last six games. Uh, yes, those two points came against two decent sides at home as well in Stevenage and Bradford during 0-0 and one all. Um, but over the course of the season itself, their home record, you know, their, their good start to the season, and we gave them a lot of credit for it, um, was it down to their away record. Their, their home form has been poor all season. Um, and... That hasn't really changed at all. Um, it's the away form that's dipped, but their home form, as of as of so far this campaign, we've only seen them win uh, just the one game, and that was against Crawley Town, which they won 3-0, which kind of started off the, the bad run. Uh, and Tranmere have been you know, undergoing their own wobble, I would say, where they have, uh, in the league at least, they haven't won now in seven, but I think... Their, their performances have been much better than that. You know, they've uh, they've drawn five of those games. They've only lost two of them. Uh, in those defeats, they put in some decent performances. You know, I think the, the nil-nil draw at home to Stockport was a good point. Uh, they had the better chances against Northampton last time out. So on paper, this is two out-of-form sides who aren't, um, who are, 
you know, between them, something's got to give if, if one of these teams are going to win because the the results are really poor. But in my mind, Grimsby are the team whose actual performances have taken a, a real nosedive. Whereas I, I'm still fairly sure that the Tranmere are a, a decent top half side as, as their their good run before that went. I mean, you know, they had that ridiculous run where which saw them shoot up the table. And I think this is maybe just a, a bit of a reversion to the mean where they're still a, a pretty tif- difficult team to beat. And that is also reflected, you know, often you have to kind of double check what you think with the data and it's reflected in the data as well. We're looking at kind of the XG difference uh, over the past 10 or so games. We've got Tranmere are right up towards the top end, uh, despite all those defeats. I mean, Game State will play a part in that, although, as I said, they haven't been behind in many, uh, but they're in the top three or four for for XG uh, difference in that time. Unlike Grimsby, who are kind of mid-table at best in that and, and have been sliding since then. So, you know, a Grimsby side who've struggled to make home advantage count for a long time, a Tranmere side who their last two away games have been um, duels at decent sides in Northampton and Swindon. I, I think the nine to four about Tranmere here is a a very, very generous price about a side who I think are just the better of the two. So Tranmere away at Ju- Grimsby on my nap. Juicy, very juicy. For my nap, I am going back to an old friend, an old profitable stance, uh, getting against Colchester United when they travel in League Two. I'm backing Sutton United to beat Colchester at 10 to 11, 1.91 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Sutton's home record this season, 10 home games, five wins, two draws, three defeats. Uh, it's not bad. It's not as good as last season where they were very strong at home. But uh, you look at the underlying numbers, the sixth best XG ratio in home games in League Two per Fox Punter, I think suggests generally strong performances, even if uh, it's just the five wins from 10. Since the start of last season, 19 wins, seven draws and seven defeats at home in League Two. That is a 58% win rate, very consistently strong Sutton United at home. And if you apply an extra filter, which I like to do, and make it home games against bottom eight teams, which Colchester certainly are, it's 12 games, it's 10 wins, it's 83% win record. So I'm feeling pretty good about Sutton at home. Of course, this is mostly about Colchester away from it, where they've lost nine of their 10 league games this season. I looked at oddsportal.com's historical odds for Colchester games this season. I worked out that if I'd napped the home team in every Colyer away league game this season, that would be 10 two-point bets. Uh, so 20 points staked and 34.26 points returned. Nettle is quite aggressively attacking my arm right now. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it, but it's incredibly distracting. Yeah, I can, um, yeah. So, yeah, we'd be... We'd be well up. We'd be in clover if we backed the, the home team in every Collier away league game this season. Sadly, we haven't, but we have done pretty well out of it, and we go again. Any signs of improvement under Matt Bloomfield? Well, not really. Uh, he's had 10 league games. Uh, they've won two, drawn two, lost six for eight points. They had 10 games before then. They won one, drew three, lost six for six points. So it's all much of a muchness. Uh, quite a strange quirk, George. Only one goal from inside the box in their last eight league games, Colchester. So they've scored eight in eight games. Seven worldies, genuine worldies. Like Newby <laughs> has scored two free kicks and one left footer from range. Miranda scored one. Uh, I can't even remember who scored the others. The only goal inside the box was a Freddie Sears finish in stoppage time against Barrow when they were already 3-0 down. Complete consolation stuff. Uh, in six of Colchester's 10 away games, they've mustered less 
the 0.6 expected goals. So uh, I definitely expected Sutton to be shorter here. I I didn't necessarily go into this just going, yeah, automatic pick for Sutton because Colchester are the away side. It was more the fact that at 1.91, I I was surprised to see that they weren't shorter. Uh, I think mostly Sutton have got the injuries behind them. Ali Smith, the centre midfielder, looks like he may be back and ready to start. Got 30 minutes off the bench last week. So I think now, basically from what I consider to be their best 11, they're really only missing a centre-back. And unfortunately, they're missing a couple. Goodliffe is, has been out all season. Kobe Rowe started the season, but is, is injured. Aaron Pierre signed, but hasn't been able to to get fit. So Kizzy moving across from right back to centre-back is not ideal. Enzio Boldervine playing right back in the last game, which doesn't seem ideal either, but maybe not the worst thing for a game where you're, you know, the favourite at home, expected to take the game to the opposition and win. Boldervine should be a good attacking right back at the very least. Sutton, my nap, 10 to 11, 1.91 at home to Cole U. Next up, George. Yeah, having a bit of a go at Accrington at home to Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Accrington are 11 to 5, so bigger than 2 to 1 at home to a Pompey side who I'm pretty concerned about really we saw them live on 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 sunday on tv being beaten by wickham it was a you know i think anyone who watched it would have seen it was a a very deserving win for wickham that um if there had been any more goals it probably would have been um uh worse news i guess for uh for pompey a wickham with a better side throughout and this is kind of it's been a very very poor run uh for pompey recently uh they came into that game with four draws on the bounce, but there were no performances in those draws that left much to be happy about. They were by far the, the worst team before the break when they tuned it all against Derby, also live on TV, Derby having by far the better chances in that game. And even when they went to Morecambe, there wasn't much between the two sides and it was slightly terrifying in my mind for, for Portsmouth, given that we know that Danny Cowley um, can get his team to be very well drilled and very well organised. How easily Morecambe were able to, to carve Pompey open on kind of multiple occasions in the game. They're just going through a, a bit of a poor spell and it's kind of strange to think back to not that long ago, three or four weeks ago, where they were seen as probably being the best of the rest uh, after a decent start to the season behind Ipswich and uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they are kind of falling away from the playoff places pretty quickly at the moment. And then Accrington, this is Accrington Stanley. We know what we're going to get uh, when you're looking at their games at home so far this season in League One. Teams that have beaten them are Derby, Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich. They're the only four teams to have beaten them. It wouldn't be a massive surprise if those four teams made up four of the top six um, in League One this season. I, I watched their game against Oxford last weekend and you know they weren't great value, I wouldn't say, for their, for their point. It was thanks to an Ethan Hamilton 40-yard strike into the bottom right-hand corner. But they were pretty well drilled. Oxford had pretty few chances. They hit the woodwork from a 25-yard shot and Matt Taylor missed quite a good chance of 0-0. But apart from that, it was a game of few chances and that's generally what Accrington do. They're pretty good at shutting their game down and preventing the opposition from um, creating too much. And here they come up against the Pompey side who who are struggling to create too much anyway and and themselves are, are looking defensively rocky. So... Uh, yeah, a, a bigger than two to one. I'm happy to take a, a chance on on Accrington. Um, yeah, providing an upset, I guess, but more just just Portsmouth's uh, difficulties maybe to continue for a, a little while longer. Mm, my next best is Carlisle United at home to Barrow. You went with them last week, and they didn't get up for you. One all draw. I'm hoping to kind of piggyback on that and get the 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 colder side of the pillow. Does that make sense? The other side of yeah. the coin. I'm just looking for. Do you often do that? The right phrase. What, flip the p- 
pillow to the cold side. Yeah. I do do it quite a lot, but probably not as much as the internet seems to do it. Became a real, like, internet phrase, I think, at some point. Anyway, um, Carlisle Barrow, I think, is going to be a great game for starters. I'm really looking forward to this one uh, as a neutral. Uh, one point between them in the table, uh, one place as well. Um, it's uh, obviously, it's actually quite a few miles uh, of road between them, but as the crow would fly not too far, and of course, um, for, for Barrow fans, a very important fixture, and for Carlisle fans as well, Daniel on the squad saying when I asked that, that he considers this the biggest game of the season, um, Barrow sold 1,200 tickets for it. So it should be a smashing uh, game. Interestingly, <clears throat> the team with one point more, Barrow, have a plus three goal difference through 20 games. The team with one point less, Carlisle, have a plus 10 goal difference. And I think that reflects how I feel about the quality of these two teams. Clearly not loads between them overall, but I do think Carlisle are marginally the better side and I think they'll finish higher than Barrow and I think this weekend could be the day that they rise above them I'm very happy to back them at 13 to 10 I mean we've been rating Carlisle highly George pretty much since week two or three we obviously mm. we weren't sure about them pre-season we we underrated the work that Paul Simpson was going to be able to do with a squad that didn't leap off the page necessarily um, but pretty quickly we we got on the wagon we got on board and um, I actually went back through our spreadsheet. We've actually backed them, George, six times between us on the betting show this season. Uh-oh. Only only one winner that in, is uh, in the Carlisle Mad. Picks. Twice we've double-picked them and neither time they've won. So, you know, this might sound like the definition of madness where you do the same thing over and over again, expect a different result. I, I prefer to see it as a case of strong conviction, of believing in yourself and your opinions, uh, and Carlisle uh, are the one for me. Finn back, the, the right wing back on loan from Forrest. He's out injured, which is a shame at the moment. I don't think Jack Ellis can offer what back offers going forward. So in my head, I rate Carlisle just slightly worse going forward, but otherwise they're in good shape. Um, Callum Guy and Moxon, the midfield two, have been excellent all season. Jordan Gibson on his day, uh, and he's had a fair few of those days this season, is uh, right up there in terms of creative um, skillful attacking midfielders uh, and in Christian Dennis they have one of the highest performing strikers in the league this season Carlisle have kept a clean sheet in half of their home games 5 out of the 10 um, they should probably have more than the 17 points that they have from their 10 home games albeit it's a perfectly decent return I just think based on their performances uh, a few of those draws should have been wins uh, and you know I think of Burnley who started the season drawing a high proportion of their games and generally you can you can have a pretty good idea of, of what those draws are going to turn into, whether they're draws that they've been clinging on and, and more likely to turn into defeats the more games that they play, the more the season goes on, uh, or wins. Uh, and I think Carlisle, like Burnley, are more likely to have draws turn into wins. Barrow, bit of a weird team, quite hard to put your finger on exactly how good they are because they basically either win or lose. Um, they've lost four of their last five away from home, been in really poor form away. Uh, they've lost to some of the worst teams in the league in, in that time. Rochdale, Crawley, uh, nil all draw at Gilles. And actually in four of the five of, of their last five away, they've conceded in the first 25 minutes of the game. So having praised Pete Wilde a lot for his setup, for how well drilled they were out of possession, conceding so early in four out of five away games makes me think that something might not be quite right with the setup or the mentality of this team away from home. Um, and as we've discussed many times on Mondays, they're a bit like Blackburn. They've got that weird thing where the first goal has been absolutely crucial. Um, they've not grasped the notion of coming from behind, Barrow. Eight times they've conceded first and they've lost all eight. So struggle to put my finger on them. And I just think Carlisle 
are ever so slightly better than Barrow. If they were playing on a neutral venue, I'd make Barrow, uh, sorry, I'd make Carlisle favourites with home advantage applied as well. Plus Barrow's away form being so poor. Very, very happy to get on the Carlisle train at uh, 13 to 10. Uh, in fact, if I got on the train now, probably in Avanti West Coast, I reckon, I'd be in Carlisle for a late dinner. Mind you, it's probably it's probably tea up there, isn't it? Uh, Carlisle, 13 to 10, my next best. Anyway, don't forget, it's bet 10, get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. That means if you bet £10 on EFL Ackers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet as well. Check out the terms and conditions in the <coughs> description of this podcast. Bet 10, get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. Exchange time, George. Lay time, George. Lay time, George. Um, <laughs> Charlton and my lay for the second week in a row. Um, got the right... Uh, probably should just back Cheltenham um, last Friday night where they were beaten 1-0 uh, by Cheltenham Town at home. It is yet another really disappointing result for Cheltenham. Sorry, for, for Charlton. You know, if you're counting, they've lost three of their last five games and those three have come against well, uh, MK Dons in the relegation zone. Port Vale, a, a decent side, but a promoted side from last season. And Cheltenham, so... And they Stockport last night. <laughs> well... That said, that wasn't a league game, but I was going to get to that. Oh, so, cheeky. Um, You've got a whole narrative arc here and I've just squashed it. Yeah, they're, they're 17th as it stands at the moment. They're headed one way. That result against Cheltenham um, has seen Ben Garner showing the door. I, I'm, you know, If I were to make a list of the, the people I think are, are mainly responsible for Charlton's malaise, I don't think Garner would be that near the top of it, but as per our conversation at the start of the show, uh, there's only one person that you can really change <laughs> when you're uh, the owner, and uh, and that person has been changed. Um, Anthony Hayes has come in as caretaker manager. He took charge of a 3-1 defeat against Stockport. Um, now, Stockport are, as Goffey and I spoke about on the, on the show last week, probably seen by the market as the best team in League Two at the moment. Um, apologies to Orient fans and Stevenage fans, but that is what the um, betting markets are telling us at the moment. But even so, the fact that Stockport went off about 1.83 uh, on Wednesday night against Charlton in 90 minutes, not just to qualify in 90 minutes, just shows you, what, you know, the disparity between these two sides. It was it was labelled an upset last night in the Cup in Wednesday night. It wasn't that at all. It was expected. Uh, maybe it was an upset, but not a not a shock, certainly. And they were poor in the game. You know, they, they rested a lot of players, um, but there's little to suggest Anthony Hayes is going to you know oversee a big turnaround. There's there's quite clearly a lot of issues off the field that I mentioned last week um, between owner and fan base. Um, they've got a big FA Cup game coming up against Brighton, but in the meantime, there there seems to be no positivity at all amongst Charlton Athletic fans. And the fact that they play midweek doesn't help in terms of. If, if you think about having an away trip to Morecambe on a Saturday, having to basically go three quarters of the way there on a Wednesday night um, is it, not good. I, I'm not sure what they've done if they've decided to stay up there for two days. If they came back and got back late last night, and going to have to head up again on Friday evening. It's a logistical nightmare. Um, it, everything is 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 just looking pretty uh, negative for me about Charlton at the moment um, in their current state. And, and Morecambe themselves, you know, I mentioned earlier that we saw Morecambe put in a really good display at home to uh, Portsmouth very recently, um, showing that they can you know mix it with the better teams at times, especially at home. You know they are bottom of the table. It has been a an angle of mine pretty consistently since the start of the season to try and get against them. 
but their home, in terms of their home form this season, they've only lost four games. Um, they have, yes, they've only won one, but they've drawn five games, um, and two of those defeats came against Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday anyway. So, um, you know, they are solid at home, I'm going to say, and are perfectly capable of holding their own against um, those who aren't the best teams in the division. So uh, at 2.04, so near enough even money, I think Charlton, you've, you've got to take that on for, for, for countless reasons. So they're my lay for the second week in a row. Yeah, I didn't really love the, the options here, by which I mean, you know, the, with the lay bet, first port of call is always to look at, at the, the shortest prices across the board and, and see if there's any that, that you really strongly oppose. Um, that's where you're going to get probably the most excitement, the most juice. Um, I've ended up laying Watford at home to Hull at 1.7. This game's on Sunday. Uh, I've laid them at 1.7 on the exchange. I think there's, how I would frame it is, I think there's enough uncertainty on both sides and I don't think they're being priced necessarily, Watford, on their performances as much as on their names, uh, the players that they have in their squad. And and I guess Bilic, who's, who's widely considered to have started pretty well, uh, his tenure charge at Watford, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But there's uncertainty on Hull's side as well. It comes from the fact that Liam Rossini, having been appointed a couple of weeks before the break, has had now weeks on the training ground to try and mould Hull into a different team, into into a hopefully a better one. And we don't know exactly what that what that will look like. We don't know how exactly how they'll set up here, what they've been working on, which players may have been earmarked to play in certain positions and roles. They've been a pretty uh, chaotic side all season, Hull, in terms of the playing personnel, uh, chopping and changing formations and positions. Uh, they haven't settled. And I would expect them to be better from here on out as they have been up to this point. But we don't know that for sure. I'm basically wiping the slate clean uh, when it comes to Hull. I don't know what to expect. But Lord knows with the players that they have, they shouldn't be where they are. They, they should be capable of putting together um, good team performances if Rosinia can get them well-drilled and motivated. As for Watford, results have improved under Billich. Maybe not as much as I thought they had. They've won six of 11, which is... Decent. It's definitely an improvement on what they started with. But in those 11 games, they've also had five like pretty poor performances. Four defeats uh, to Swansea, to Blackpool, to Millwall and to Coventry. And they drew nil all with, with Bristol City aside in terrible form as well. So not all good. In fact, pretty much coin flip stuff so far for Watford under Billich. Um, five home games so far. They've won three of them, but they've lost two of those home games as well. It's not necessarily what you'd expect for a team that wants to be challenging for autos. Their underlying numbers have improved a little rather than skyrocketed. And I, I definitely accept that with João Pedro and Saar, if he's ready to play here after the World Cup, and Keenan Davis and the gang, you've got players that can win you games at this level when... You're not at your best games when the margins are pretty tight. But yeah, it'd be wrong to suggest they've turned into some sort of winning machine under Billich. Um, and I guess of all the odds on teams in the EFL, Watford were the ones that I'd be most uncomfortable backing at the price at 1.7. You know, what if they throw in one of their less good performances? Then you'd absolutely suggest that Hull have a good chance of avoiding defeat here. Hull might look like a completely different side and catch them by surprise. Uh, so Watford, my lay pick uh, at 1.7. Goals... Where are you going for goals? Do you want goals or are you opposing goals? I want goals. Give me goals. Sunderland against West Bromwich Albion. Monday night football live on Sky. And mm. so I'm going for goals. Uh, Sunderland are just a team who, for me at the moment, are it's, it's kind of like um, Bristol City early in the season where I think their games are just are good for chances. Uh, we saw them beat Millwall 3-0 um, in the 
kind of standalone championship game last weekend in a game where Millwall had loads of chance in the first half before Sunderland kind of picked them off and, and tore them apart in the second. Prior to that, against Birmingham, uh, Sunderland won the game 2-1, but Birmingham had loads of chances. Um, and even in the 1-0 defeat against Cardiff, um, Cardiff, not a team you associate with associate with creating loads, uh, they they did, they missed a penalty, they had the better chances in the game. Um, and under Tony Mowbray, I think we're seeing this as being a trend under, under, under him where Sunderland's defensive uh, mentality is to basically live right on the edge. <laughs> they are not solid. Um, there has yet to be a game in their last you know, six or seven where they have just shut, shut a game out. They are open to be attacked. And in West Brom under Carlos Corbran, we're seeing a side who seem to have finally found their attacking um, capabilities. If you're looking at the, the data side of things, they're um, top of the tree for the last four games in terms of XG data. Funny how West Brom and Middlesbrough are the top two after the seasons that they've had. Uh, creating 1.46 expected goals per game. Uh, in that same sample size, Sunderland conceding 2.02 expected goals per game. So you can just see there that you know this should be a game where West Brom are able to get at Sunderland um, and Sunderland themselves defensively. Uh, big issues to be to be asked. Well, they have big issues defensively too. I, I guess whether or not Sunderland can break down West Brom is a question here, but I think the way that Sunderland look to approach games and, and attack the opposition means that they, they certainly should. So um, unders is the favourites here, but I'm, I think that's wrong. I'm going over two and a half goals, even money in this in this tie where you'd think, especially if, if an early goal goes in, it should really open up. Oh, what if it's really cold though? The old minus temps, lowering keepers the goal expectancy. Cold keepers, nice. Haven't thought about that. Good one. Mm. Uh, my goals pick is a 38 to 1 double. I am stretching my shoulders here with two teams to win and under 2.5 goals. One of them is Cheltenham and under 2.5 goals against Forest Green. One of them is Barnsley and under 2.5 goals against Oxford United. Don't tell George. Both of these teams are around 2-1 to one to win the match. Uh, Barnsley are 11-2 to two to do so and the game to go under 2.5 goals at uh, 5-1. to one. So uh, combine those two prices, you get a 38-1 to one double. Uh, for Barnsley, uh, as discussed on Monday, I like them at the moment. I think Duff is, is leaving his stamp on this team and I think that's only going to spell good things for them. I basically think the worst thing for Oxford is a team that's really comfortable out of possession, not that fussed about not having the ball, really comfortable in their defensive shape, but equally good enough to play when they do have it. You know, we spoke about Luca Connell. We've spoken about Adam Phillips. These are these are midfield players. Connell, really good on the ball, can pass forward um, really, really well, good passing range. And Phillips is, is on fire in terms of offering a goal threat, arriving late in the box and um, from the edge of the box as well. They're the only team in the top eight, Barnsley, that averages less than 50% possession in their game. So that... I think backs up what I'm saying that they're used to not having the ball. They're absolutely fine with that. They have a very low goal expectancy in their games, in their away games. Uh, very few goals have been scored. They've only conceded seven in 10 away uh, and they've kept five clean sheets in 10 away games, which is a brilliant defensive record. And, and when they get ahead, Barnsley, they've been very good. Uh, they've scored first in 11 of their 19 league games. That's 58% of all games they've scored first. And when they have, they've only failed to see it out and win once. So they've gone ahead 11 times and they've won 10 of those games. So I like Barnsley and under 2.5 goals. I like Cheltenham as well in the same division at Forest Green uh, with the under 2.5 goals. Uh, just definitely happy to be on the Cheltenham side of this fixture. As discussed on the on the Monday pod, the thing that has them... Uh, 
well away from the relegation zone at this moment in time is their defensive solidity. Whatever Wade Elliott has done, he has achieved them keeping the opposition at bay and that's allowed them to pick up points and even pick up wins uh, in games where the, the, the strugglers, the bottom four or five or six, are just losing. Um, only one team in the league has kept more clean sheets than Cheltenham this season and that's Sheffield Wednesday. They've kept the same amount of clean sheets as Ipswich and a couple of other teams on eight. And while they're not the best going forward, Cheltenham, they don't really need to be, I don't think. Forest Green have only kept one clean sheet in their 20 league games. And Cheltenham do have the, the best attacking player in this game. Alfie May is back from an injury. He's got two and two in the league since his return. Before injury, he had two and three. Uh, since the start of last season, so about 50 games, Alfie May in League One, he's scoring at a rate of 0.56 goals per 90, which is an absolutely exceptional return particularly for a player playing in a, uh, a bottom-half team. Forest Green have scored the fewest home goals in League One, only seven in their ten games. They've drawn a blank in five of ten, uh, albeit mostly against stronger teams than Cheltenham. I just think on form and in terms of the style of these of these two teams and what they're strong or weak uh, at, Cheltenham have a good chance here and under 2.5 goals as well. So that's my 38-1 to double. Barnsley and under 2.5 against Oxford. Cheltenham and under 2.5 against Forest Green. Uh, Betfair's bet builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. And with Betfair's popular bet builder, you can add the trending Football League bet builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap. Head to the football section of the Betfair Sportsbook app and you'll see the popular trending Football League bet builder selections at the top of the page. I was actually looking at at a little bet builder earlier. I I have a feeling that... I was trying to build something. I think Stockport might absolutely hammer Rochdale, and I've got a goal scorer in mind. But I'll tell you about him in a second. Who's your goal scorer pick? Uh, Cole Stockton Ooh. is my goal scorer pick. I know. Um, who would have thought when he scored four goals in four games in April uh, this year that he would then go about a million games without scoring? But that is what happened. Mm. After all of the summer's uh, speculation about his future, You know, he ended up staying at the club. Um, he started the season really poorly. I think I'm right in saying that he had one shot uh, taken inside the box until uh, the beginning of October. Brim. So he was basically just not getting into any decent goal-scoring positions. He was then taken out of the side um, by Derek Adams, was playing a, a kind of substitute role um, through October and November, and then came off the bench against Lincoln, and I think we spoke about it on the Monday pod at the time, nearly scored a kind of Cole Stockton special where it was one of those where he just shot from miles out. Uh, and you know, last season, whilst they were going in, this time it, it rebounded off the off the upright uh, back to the keeper. But, you know, this is proper guessy narrative psychological stuff. But I just feel like that might have triggered something in Stockton because he was then recalled back to the side against Exeter uh, in the FA Cup uh, a couple of days later. And finally scored that first goal um, of the season and, and broke the duck that he's been been going through recently. He was then recalled for the first time to start a nine-up in the league after that and had two shots in the first 10 minutes, both of which were inside the area, before scoring his first league goal of the season after half an hour. He will undoubtedly start here. Um, I've mentioned already that I'm, I'm very much against Charlton. And, you know, Stockton is someone who was basically a non-goal-scoring striker for the first few seasons of his career and then went on this crazy 18 months where he was incredibly prolific, scoring all manner of goals. If that isn't a sign of somebody who is a massive confidence player, then I I don't really know what is. Um, And unquestionably, for whatever reason, whether it was the speculation of the summer or whatever, his confidence was, was gone. 
that I don't think is the case anymore. I think we're seeing a different Stockton. Um, as I mentioned, three shots in the last game is much more like what we, what we expect from him. Um, and I, I don't think it'd be a massive surprise to me. I'm not expecting him to suddenly go and become um, as prolific as he was. I think we've, we've seen a, a big case here of a striker running hot and then cold. Um, but I, I do think we're going to see a different Stockton from now uh, in, in the coming weeks and months. He'll relish coming up against a Charlton side who are struggling as they are. And I think 11-4 to four about him to score any time is, is, is a, a decent way to play uh, this weekend. Mm, there are many different types of collar. My favourite is Will Collar, who plays for Stockport County, son of Jan Collar, the former Czech Republic target man. <laughs> Will Collar spoke about him on the Monday pod, uh, glowingly after his performance on the weekend, uh, Stockport hammering someone or other in League Two, as they have been doing quite a lot recently in the FA Cup as well last night against Charlton, hammering them. They're in ridiculous shape right now. I was doing some... League Two player analysis stuff on on Wednesday morning, like a bit of Wednesday morning analysis. Uh, And I was just trying to find, for punting purposes really, anyone interesting or unusual that's projecting well in terms of shots, XG, etc. And Will Collar definitely stood out. So much so that yesterday morning, Wednesday morning, I checked his price to score in this game uh, and I backed it. Four to one. I was really excited about it. Uh, I thought I was really onto something. What I didn't think about is that Stockport were playing that night in the cup against Charlton. Yeah. Uh, Collar scored a hat-trick and he did so unbacked by me anyway. So we've got the we've got the bet on from before that. His price hasn't changed, which I which I think is admirable from the, the better fair traders. So Collar 4-1 is the goal scorer pick. Him and his midfield colleague, Miles Hippolyte, have seemingly become basically unplayable since the start of October. They're in the same kind of role as attacking central midfielders in a 3-5-2, um, and they have fairly similar numbers uh, in terms of their shots, in terms of their goal-scoring uh, output. They've got nine goals between them in Stockport's last 10 games. Uh, even more impressive when you consider that their strikers, Wooten and Madden, have eight goals in their last 10 games between them. So the strikers are scoring a lot. The midfielders are scoring even more. Collar has played a few different positions this season, including a right wing back in the 3-5-2, but it's in central midfield that I think he's the biggest threat, uh, where he gets the most shots off. Uh, and as we saw in midweek, he's, he's just in rare form at the moment. He's a slightly longer price than Hippolyte as well, which is why I've chosen him rather than the Hippo. I just think he's in incredible nick right now. So uh, a, a player in a, an attacking central midfield role, getting shots off, high in confidence, playing for a team that, as I alluded to earlier, I think might score three or four here against Rochdale uh, if they can keep their hashtag momentum going. So there you go. Will Collar, four to one, anytime, uh, joins Cole Stockton as our two goal scorer picks. Can you recap your selections for me? Yes, sir. I am backing Tranmere away at Grimsby as my nap. Next best at Crington, at home to Pompey, uh, laying Charlton away at Morecambe. Also in that game, back in Cole Stockton, score any time at 11-4 and over two and a half goals in Sunderland against West Bromwich Albion. I, I heard your little jibe to Goffey at this point last week when you were like, yeah, Ali always asks me to recap my selections. It's always so annoying. Yeah, I write it down. Huh? He, he asked me to do it off the top of my head. Like, no, mate. I think it's the sort of thing that you should probably you know, have to hand. But I just think it's pathetic. Don't play the fool. I just think it's pathetic. Don't play the fool. How can you be surprised every week when I ask you to recap your selections? We've been doing it. I'm not anymore. Since the dawn, anymore. Of, I write it down. the dawn of time. My picks are as follows: Sutton, my nap to beat Colchester at ten to eleven, one point nine one. Next best, Carlisle, thirteen to ten at home to 
Barrow. I've laid on the Betfair Exchange Watford at 1.7. I've got a 38 to 1 goals double. That's Barnsley in under 2.5 plus Cheltenham in under 2.5. Uh, and I've got Will Collar. 4-1 to one to score any time for Stockport this weekend. This podcast has been sponsored by Betfair. Massive thank you to them for their continued support of this pod. We love doing it. We love bringing you uh, both the Monday pod and the betting show each week. We hope that you're still enjoying our coverage of the EFL. And if you are, make sure that you follow us on Twitter. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. And if you really want to finish off the trilogy join the ntt20 squad using the link in the description we have a separate channel just for punting been some pretty impressive winners in there uh, someone picked out a charlton defender to get carded at seven to one last night which i enjoyed a lot that's good stuff on the ntt20 squad betting channel there is a monthly fee to join the squad uh, but you can get a two-week free trial so you can very much try before you you start paying your monthly sub so join us there be good to see you Uh, otherwise we'll talk again on monday wishing you all the best for the weekend go out